Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 11, Episode 10, titled New Haunts. Uh, the moment we've been waiting for since... What season was it with the Kingdom Festival? Was Wasn't that, that Season se- 8 going to 9? I yeah. thought it was 9. 9, because it was a Kang moment so it must have been nine. yeah 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 it was ezekiel's new horizons uh third annual interrupted for several <laughs> years kingdom fest yeah i gotta say it, comparing the two festivals this one was a little underwhelming yeah i was expecting more yeah. from the halloween fest at the, at the commonwealth they're going through the numbers here like you know the the, the zombie themed haunted house mm-hmm Read the room, guys. This is, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, but it, 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 it tells you a lot about the Commonwealth, though. The fact that they're so over this, and they're so yes. sheltered that they're that, that that this kind of thing is immediately not shut down in poor taste, right? Uh, like, look, I, we uh, have all lost relatives to these things, we don't need to be putting them into our fun houses, uh, yeah, right, like, right. It, like, Judith is going through there. I'm thinking, man, she's traumatized, you know, for all she knows, her dad was killed fighting the zombies. Uh, her her friends have died. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it seemed like a bad scene. And then you've got her friend coming up and being like, ah, oh, yeah, fun, fun. You're out there with the, you know, the walkers. What was that like? That was weird, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so what's it like out be out in the wasteland slaying yeah. rotters or whatever the hell they're calling them? Just, just so insensitive. Uh, what do you think of the episode so, in general, though? Well, I thought some of that early goings was kind of fun, and like uh, seeing Alexand- uh, the Alexandrians go to this civilization. There's an interesting thing, isn't Carol said that like you know this this place has been going a long time. Maybe we don't have to do anything to make this work. That's like the first time they've ever found the place. Where they didn't have to clear it full of zombies or depose a raving lunatic madman or uh, fight through bloodthirsty cannibals. It's just like this. This is this is civilization they've arrived at. And I like that stuff. Yeah. But towards the end of this episode, The Walking Dead got political. And I don't mean like, oh, my God, there's a non-binary character that is doing <laughs> sign language political. I'm talking uh-huh. all cops are bastard uh seize the means of production uh liberals get the bullet to no shit political eat the, <laughs> eat the rich literally eat the rich yeah eat the rich yeah like uh An- angela kang has has as as uh you know uh got gotten just read a couple of uh, entries on occupy wall street and uh the writer's room is ready to say things about inequality and uh caste systems and whoo i you know, we, we we coined the term bacon gauntlet to refer to like when Vince Gilligan would get a little heavy handed on yeah. Breaking Bad with like, you know, the subtext and the meta. What is stronger than a bacon gauntlet? You got ham fist, bacon gauntlet, like the the infinity ham gauntlet is what with all seven, yeah. all six stones is what they're playing with here. And I I. I don't know. I felt secondhand embarrassment. I'm like, is this what I sound like to my friends when I start raving about politics? Like, could be. Yeah. What did you think of that whole thing? Uh, I chose to frame it not as like them getting super political, uh, from like a, an a cab, you know, sort sort of angle, but more like before and after. Like, hey, which hey, which version of this life would you rather have? Would you rather have the pre-apocalypse where, you know, maybe people were comfortable, but there were some compromises we were making? Or would you rather have the sure. post-apocalypse Alexandria life where you answer to no one except yourself and you have what a lot of people would define as ultimate freedom, but life is hard, you know? Right. It's like a it's it's more like a commune. Sure. It's like you're yeah. you're responsible to yourself and to your neighbors. Like you, right. you can't you have to justify yourself to all those. And you know, I uh, I, I I don't know because that's the thing. It's like I I like the Alexandrian approach, that kind of egalitarian. Everybody's pulling their own weight and stuff. But it doesn't seem like that scales. At some point, you need 
like certain forms of bureaucracy, you need some kind of uh, the state needs to be invested in in uh, uh, the the ability to to use force. They need to have monopoly on it because otherwise you got vigilante shit. And like I I, I thought it'd be interesting to see like how do we get from like something like Alexandria to maybe a better, more egalitarian society. Right. But it seems like they're just like, you know, well, you got like the, the, the egalitarian super equal, like, uh, Alexandrian places, um, where it's ran like a farmer's co-op. And sometimes you get eaten by zombies or you have the top down authoritarianism. Uh, but you know, <laughs> the trains run on time and right. you got lavish parties of the Commonwealth. It's like, wow. The worst thing that happens some... to you is you pick the wrong record and waste your allowance. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, or you break one of their many unwritten rules and then you're, you're oh, sure. back into the starvation basic pit. So it's like, it's, but nobody there's talks not about a that. lot of, sh- and then the thing is, is like, we just got off. If I have to say like, um, the expanse one of the best explorations of like, you know, a real life parable involving spaceships and pew pews. And it's a lot of fun, but it really digs deep into the shades of gray of the, you know, kind of politics of, of today, like set in the 24th century. And it's like so fully realized and so well done and so subtle and so fair to all the different sides and interests and representations and mentalities. Then you get to season 11, part two, of the finale uh and i don't know if we're going to get that kind of gray shade resolution uh in this in this storytelling yeah no i'm with you um (laughs) it's it's not i guess where i expected the walking dead to end up um and i still don't know if it's going to end there right like i i who knows what what lies uh in the future for daryl and Carol with yeah. this new spinoff show, or is it going to be the Daryl and Carol in the Commonwealth show? Are, are they going to change this society? It's like, I don't know. We're really back with cooking uh, with Carol. She's working at a bakery dude, now. So like that's, that's, we inch that's closer we might have to, <laughs> to murderous, murderous Baker Carol arc. Like all, yeah. all she has to do is if, if she really wants to advance Ezekiel in the, the surgery line, all she's got to do is start baking the right kind of cookies. It's true. Getting them into Arsenic the hands cookies. of the right people. Snickerdoodles you know? with arsenic powder sprink- sprinkled on them. She knows. Mm-hmm. She knows the recipe. She's done it before. Um, she's done it before, and she'll do it again. God damn it! Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I so like when we saw the shocking flash forward last week of Daryl kind of uh, kicking Maggie out of Maggie Town. Uh, he's marching on the gates of Hilltop. I did not have it on my bingo card that he would be motivated to do so because he's wriggling in the velvet covered iron vice jaws of crony capitalism. Because mm-hmm. it seems like that is what's going to like nothing is broken. Daryl and his ironclad loyalty to his fellow people. But buying Judith a record player. That that little feedback dopamism do, 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 dopamine hit loop of you know earning money buying things give it to your loved ones yeah. they're happy keep it that 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 tread like ha, his whole life is escaped he's just lived in a backwoods eating off eat, surviving off possum and 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 motorcycle fumes and and now they got him dude he's a you taxpayer put, you put an iPad in his hand he's a blubbering mess he he turns into a pile <laughs> of jelly man. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't think he would compromise all of his principles just so he could get a little mm-hmm. bit of script, but uh he is doing that, it seems. Totally. So one of the other things that I was wondering about societally is kind of along those scale lines. Like we've got a society that I think is like ten thousand people strong in the Commonwealth. If have they put a number on it before and it was somewhere I around don't there? I think yeah, I I it's or it was it our is, estimation. Based on, I think I yeah I don't think they've actually said like what the scale and scope is. They're kind of being cagey about it. It seems to me. Okay, well it doesn't seem huge, and and it struck me as kind of strange that Pamela Milton would be in charge of this society uh, after the fall because I think the most power lies in the people who have the most power, like the most physical mm-hmm. power. And in that case, it's someone like Mercer, right? I, I would think the people who would take over would be like the generals of the military or or high high ranking officials in the military. Not like why yeah. are they listening to Mercer? Why doesn't or sorry to Milton? Why doesn't Mercer go in, take over the state house, and just become the de facto leader of this society? Because 
wasn't he a cop before? Like he wasn't like a military guy. He was like under civilian. And I, I get the idea. The thing is like this Pamela character, she's like a disgraced politician. So it'd be one thing if she like, uh, you know, I don't know, was a state senator and like was cozy with, like you said, a general to own, that had a base and did, did I, I don't, I don't know what she's got. Cause they make these intimations that Connie was like, we find out so much stuff about people. Connie was an investigative journalist before the fall. She was muckraking at Pamela's dad, uh, and got him ousted from his congressional spot. They talk about mm-hmm. him having office in the white house. So she was somebody mm-hmm. and like, maybe even like with a little bit of socialite thrown in too, because they talk about her like being like princess. What, there's mo- like uh, Carol was familiar with her because reading about her in a gossip mags, which implies, you know, I don't think politicians or at least they didn't used to until the last decade hit gossip mags unless there was like some big right. giant scandal. So I, I don't know, but I, the Commonwealth is a really weird. Yeah. How did they make that transition from like feudal warlord Rick Topia right. or, you know, Neganites to like full civilian control of the military and that, you know, yeah, it uh, seems a very hard transition to make in this context. And yeah, I mean, I got to just roll with it because clearly that's the the society the show has constructed. But yeah. And I, it's also I'm such a the, 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 the economics of it. I'm not sure working from a like, do you have enough people that you can live like this much disparity where you've got people living in like hovels? that are not safe. They're not quiet. They don't have enough food. And then the wealthy uh, people are throwing lavish parties and there's not like a middle class to kind of like buffer between there. It's like the people who, uh, you, you know, you got your workers and they're like being the servants for these lavish parties and they're going back. Like I said, that's, that is kind of one way to say that's literally happening today, but it also in another way literally doesn't. Hmm. I mean, you do have like, you know, your record store owners, your doctors, like you, Miko's brother. Um, You do have some. He got conscripted into like, I guess, the middle class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't know because like even he seems like he's there. They're in the cocktail party tuxedo circuit. True. Like I said, there is no there is no middle class. It's like it'd be like a world in which you have like homeless people in shelters. And then those are the people who wait on you at fancy dinner parties. Yeah. Like that would be fucked up. Like I think that there would be a riot the first time you would try that. You got to have people with skin in the game, and like all the all the menial jobs are done, you know, by people who don't. I, I don't know. There's I, a lot again, of times in my own life where I look at the world and go, "You'd think there'd be a riot." You're right. You'd think there'd be a riot <laughs> if some of this shit was tried. You're right. Uh-huh. You're right. Yeah. Anyway, those are our, our general thoughts in the episode. Why don't we go ahead and get into the recap? All right, we start off with Daryl and the kids. Uh, Judith and AJ or RJ, the game. RJ, the Telltale Rick game Jr. always confuses me on this, but okay, Rick Jr. Uh, right, yeah, 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 Rick Jr. Uh, they're going through a haunted house, and they exit to a full-blown Halloween festival uh, where Carol's running the bake stand, uh, Pamela Milton's awarding costume party prizes with lottery tickets, uh, Connie's a reporter for the Commonwealth newspaper. There's there's just a lot of stuff happening here. Uh, Zeke's uh, rubbing his neck. He's got some health problems, which aren't totally solved. Uh, and yeah. Rosita and Gabriel trying to be parents instead of soldiers. So are they broken up? I got this. Like this I, is th- so. This is so. thirty days later. That's something that they establish. Uh, that's thirty days after the, the contact with Commonwealth. Um, were they broke up before the hurricane? I, boy, you're gonna you're gonna put questions about previous seasons to me. Well, see, because I remember <laughs> like when when Gabriel and her like uh, they were dividing up about who was going to stay with Coco. There was some like animosity, and I remember us remarking yeah. on like it's interesting. Like I, I thought this would be, and uh, it's, it's weird how like torque this is. Um, but now it's like, yeah, they're not sleeping together. They have like, like almost like a custody arrangement. Let's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I got Coco on every but she's other in basic training and they're staying in like dedicated oh, flats for that or something. Yeah. She's like in a barracks. Okay. Yeah. That may, so they're not, but they also like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Cause her and her and Daryl wake up next to each other. Not yeah. literally, but like 
in barracks next door. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. I thought maybe that I missed something and they were kind of in a rocky spot uh, in no, the last thirty days or so. Yeah, I'm not totally sure, but we'll find out more. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, did you think that they ran real zombies in the haunted house, like the ones that were like safely behind glass or bars? Because uh, no, I did not. I think that would be insane. But they're using real zombies for training, so <laughs> for like I guess it's training. different than like something the kids could be touched with, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, you get a uh, uh, zombie. You get a kid too close to the bar; it grabs it. It's it's like. I don't know, standing that close to a tiger cage at the zoo, you wouldn't want to do it, right? That's why they put moats between you and right. the tigers. I wondered, because um, I didn't buy that Judith would get scared at this, but I also thought like, well, I guess Judith is a tough, tough lady, but she's got none of her, she got none of her weapons now. They've confiscated uh, all those. Except and I wonder boots, if it's like kicking boots. She's, she's still, she's got her, she's a little ass kicker can still kick a little bit ass. Uh, RJ, I buy because he seemed like he was a little bit of that generation. It's like maybe sheltered and, you know, until like things got bad with the hurricane and the zombie stuff that he uh, wouldn't have been that kind of hardened. But like, I think maybe that she was traumatized just because she doesn't have her weapons. And he, he kind of like she she's like kind of itchy, itchy palms because where's my sword? Mm-hmm. I got nothing to protect myself. I'm in danger. Um, and I like that Daryl, like you could see that the kids were kind of getting overwhelmed by that one zombie. And he's like, OK, knock it off. Yeah, uh, I thought they what, were. What do you think, uh, Jerry cosplaying a Shiva? Shiva, I loved it. I, I did. I thought too. it was perfect. And he's got like this bedazzled mask. It's yeah, it's really good. And he's got uh, a Bengals jersey on. Basically, I thought it's like, man, right. this episode comes out two weeks ago. Might have had a different outcome in the Super Bowl. Uh, True, because this is a very this he is bringing big gold Bengals energy to this uh, to, to this episode. <laughs> I absolutely love seeing Kara running the bake stand. I I knew it. I knew that's what they were going to do, and they did it. Uh, that's the Yumiko's brother's bakery too. He's been uh, hijacked oh. from that and put in as a surgical resident, apparently. But I, I yeah. it's the same same place. So now uh, Carol's got his slot. Nice. Um, she's not dressed up. Why is Carol not dressed up? Um, because what, what do you mean by dressed up? Like, why is she not in a costume like everybody else? Even she's her gingerbread girl beside her is dressed up, but she's not. It's it's weird that the rules don't seem to apply to Carol in this episode. So maybe she's just like manifesting. Don't fuck with me, mom energy. I will. I will go full on Rambo and burn this place down. Ask Terminus, you know, <laughs> First that's kind of like who asked me why I'm not in the costume is going to get it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, I got a special cookie for you, pal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about uh, Connie? We talked a little bit about this in the beginning. She is. We will find out a little bit about her current story and her backstory, too. Right. Like she mm-hmm. is currently running the Commonwealth newspaper or she's a reporter for it. And. Before the fall, she got Pamela's uncle kicked out of Congress based on some story she wrote, apparently. Yeah. And that's got to be that the, they, they have to have a grudge. There's got to be a Commonwealth grudge about that. I feel like you get a little bit more into that in this this episode. But uh, it's interesting also- to me, a society like the Commonwealth would put someone like Connie into a position of power at the newspaper. I would think they would want to take people who are unfamiliar with the traditional methodologies of reporting and put them in place so that they can control the message. Yeah, I it feels like they're setting her up to fail or for some comeuppance because I had the same like why if you guys were like political enemies, why would they put you right back into your muckraking job? You know, why? Well, oh, we're full up at the at the newspaper. Sorry, Connie. Guess you're gonna have to go to the filth factory or whatever they 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 do. Sure. You know, I'm yeah, getting a vibe. Broken glass through this whole episode. I'm getting a vibe that Pamela Milton is not necessarily evil. She is simply oblivious. Um, mm-hmm. there there are scenes later on with the the Tyler stuff, right, where he breaks into the party and holds a knife to to her assistant's neck or whatever where Mm. she's like legitimately seems like she didn't know that there were people out there who were 
angry about the the class system that's developing here um because she asked lance like are there really people out there who like thousands of them who feel like this way oh and i think that's you can read it me. Di- maybe it's just my uh biases sure. but i i took that as like more of like a word for personal safety like oh my god are there this many you know, crazy eat the rich people out there, or it's not that she's like afraid. She's not mad at the uh, inequality. It's more of like, Oh, what if, you know, what did they sure. do want to eat me? You know, that's yeah. not good. I thought I there were a hundred of really them. You're telling me there are a thousand of them. Right. That's scary. Right. It could but be it that. Could be that but when you combine it with her putting Connie in charge of the newspaper, that seems crazy. If someone was trying to make sure that that message doesn't get out there. Cause that's, it's, uh, it's also open ended that like maybe, Commonwealth have tried to do the best they can and they've lost sight of their purpose. And maybe this and inge- like, it's like, I'm trying to keep an open mind that maybe Commonwealth isn't like completely evil, mm-hmm. but like, I, I don't, I don't think that's the story they're telling, which means like how in the world would Pamela be completely naive to what's going on. Yeah. I will say that yeah. for all the mentions in the last season of Pamela Milton, you hear the name, right. And it's supposed to be like, Ooh, who is this big person that we, we don't get shown, but everybody has, her name in their mouths, right? The yeah. the entrance, they don't give her any kind of entrance. It's just like she's there and she awards the tickets to the lottery. Well, so some- like, I thought it was an interesting entrance because I'm an old school Harry Potter fan. And anytime I see a woman of a certain age in an all pink power suit, like she's she got drenched by a Pepto-Bismol Gatorade fountain. Uh, <laughs> I get I get gripped up because I'm like, oh, that lady's super evil. And okay. she's handing out pink cotton candy and she's got an office full of uh, cat collectible plate things. And it's 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 big Dolores Umbridge energy is what I'm getting from from this lady. I, I wish, like it. I, I wish I knew the references you were making, but I do not. One of these days. One of these days. So to me, it was a pretty lackluster entrance. I'm like, oh, she's yeah. just some lady who's going to walk on stage and give a kid lottery tickets. The lottery tickets were more menacing than anything. I'm thinking Hunger Games. I'm Dude, thinking yeah, what the fuck like is this? Yeah, it felt very, yeah, you're bringing up the coal miner from District 9 and you're going to polish her up for a year. Right. Give her a shot at the big leagues, yeah. There's so much about the world building at the end of this episode that I want to tear into. But okay. I'm going to hold my peace for now. Yeah, we got to get there first. Let's go to Daryl and Rosita unable to sleep because of the rain i guess but it's literally the middle of the day i don't what kind of weird schedule do they have them on in the barracks is this is it did greg nicotero direct this episode first i of was all? about to say who who <laughs> who directed this is thing? he shooting day for night here and just he's shooting day the for night and, cl- and clear for rainy he's <laughs> he's doing the 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 bifecta i think jesus <laughs> uh yeah it's 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 confusing to say the least um mm-hmm. rosita says you know it's weird worrying about money again and there's a spray paint on the wall that mentions equality so obviously there are some class issues here's where it starts to yeah. really develop got the resistance i think we already kind of knew that based on eugene's interactions with pamela milton's son who whose name i don't know <sighs> He's in this episode. He's the Dan. I'm just calling him the dandy until I learn his name. I like Uh, it. Because fuck that guy. And even after we learn his name, I mean, we still called (laughs) Boston Rob Boston Boston Rob Rob. till the the bitterest of ends. So yeah, after. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Then Jerry is playing with some kids, his kids, actually, not just random kids. Uh, (laughs) Jerry would, though. Jerry's the type of guy who would just just find a collection of kids just be playing with. Not in a creepy way. It would be okay. Just in like, yeah, yeah. The Quilted Mountain, you can trust your kids with. Uh, Zeke decides to give one of his kids his tiger leash. And then Carol tries to talk to him about his health. And he says, ah, I've never been better. He's still smiling. This is the lamest uh, old person giving a young person a gift. Like... You boy, you children have uh, just you can keep this tiger collar <laughs> mm-hmm. on two conditions. Number one, it gives you as much pleasure as it does me, and two, you always remember the tiger that you probably have never actually met Bingo. and honor her memory. Like yep. also. When you play, how often are you going to play with this collar? Like, it's fun now because dad's a tiger and you get to lead him around. But, like, 
are they, I'm just thinking, like, what is Jerry's kid? What does it look like for Jerry's kids to go home and like, okay, it's your turn to wear the leash and walk? Like, this is getting weird, man. <laughs> like, it's a giant chain with a leather studded collar, and you're yeah. giving it to seven year olds to play with. What? It, they'll the grow fuck? into it. They'll grow into it. We'll just say that they're going to David Carradine themselves. <laughs> is what they're going to do. <laughs> too soon too soon jerry's gonna go for world's greatest dad here in a couple of years i tell you you, you want to get the you keep it yeah so what kind of memento is this i agree especially the part about not ever having met the tiger not really knowing mm-hmm. the tiger uh look zeke shiva's memory is gonna die with you i hate to tell you but you are kind. You and Jerry are kind of the two holdouts who give a shit about this tiger. Yeah, the odds that a child in North America will ever see a tiger again in like several lifetimes is almost nil. Yeah. On the other hand, like tigers are going nuts over in India and like mm-hmm. uh, Siberia. They're just like going, roaring back. They got a steady supply of zombies to eat. They've never been happier. Yeah. Not so much here in America, though. All right, Carol decides to steal the hospital janitor's keys and check Zeke's file to see what's up. She's caught by Yumiko's brother and he tells her that Zeke's surgery is going to come too late to save him and asks that she keep it to herself, which I don't know. That seems crazy. I would think you'd want Zeke to know, but eh, I think that, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, uh, Carol, can just sneak into the hospital, violate everyone's HIPAA rights, and I guess it's Yumiko's brother, but like he acts like there's no, I, I don't know, like a, after all of the un, unauthorized use of radio and the the big uh, the bullshit going on last season, I was kind of shocked that there was this was a non-event, her getting caught, you know. But I guess it is Yumiko's brother. Yeah, if it was anybody else, I feel like she the, the alarms go off and she's taken to jail. Yeah, but I don't know what is about her that's special other than, again, it's maybe that's the thing is she wouldn't have like if it wasn't Yumiko's brother and so like some nurses make does she just like snap mm-hmm. her neck? Yeah, pro- yeah, probably. Yeah, Carol don't care. No, but she's like the, Tyler the, comes the, the, walking the in line, there. Yeah, he's done. The, the through line is she's starting to reinvest in, in the, the King Ezekiel relationship. It uh-huh. feels like yeah, I do wonder, t- you know, the, the wine gambit sort of worked this episode. Um, getting it, trying, trying to get Zeke. It's part of the equation, at least. To get it's Zeke. one of those classic fetch quests where you agree right. to it, and then it's a sec. It's a two part. Uh, what I, I was need just five getting rat some, skins. Well, Carol's got things. those. I got your yeah. Oh, and now I need three bear skins. I see where this is going. The, mm. You're going to need a troll skin next, and that's I'm not leveled up for that. <laughs> so, uh, it, I, I do wonder what links she's willing to go to to get Zeke through this line. Is she willing to start killing people? Is it like? A case of getting those cookies into the hands of all the people in front of Zeke and just having them die of unnatural causes. And, and, and this is where the social commentary begins. Like you've got a you've got a person that has a health problem and you want them to get cared. What are you willing to do in this economy to make sure that those you know that your loved one gets their insulin shots? Do, like I think that's a deliberate. Yeah. They're showing and what like power Dar- do you Daryl. You know, Daryl's chasing the carrot. You know, mm-hmm. like doing a better life, better. But, but Carol's like she's like Walter White. She's bent over the barrel trying to fight cancer here uh, by any means necessary. So I think, like I said, there is there's a interesting things you could do with this in a subtle kind of way. I just don't think that's what we're going to get this season. I think it's going yeah. to be a lot more uh, sledgehammery. We'll see. Uh, Rosita and Daryl undergo basic training. They're paired off with a couple of other basic trainees and compete to see who can clear a house the fastest and crucially with the most and best teamwork. Rosita's pretty good with her teamwork. Daryl, not so much. Um, although, I don't know. Mercer Mercer thinks that he did a shit job. I was kind of thinking, yeah, Daryl's got it. Like, he's helping this guy. I don't know. Then Mercer takes Daryl with him for something. They definitely tell the story. I don't think they did a very good job of it, but they definitely showed that Rosita was like, even though 
she took the knife because she's the pro you know like yeah in any random group of people i want rosita and daryl holding the knife daryl deferred but also he kind of like did his own thing and wasn't using like the teamwork wasn't so but i don't know i thought i thought it was really funny when mercer uh kills the zombie that's about to chow down on on the daryl's buddy here and he's like dixon i want a one-on-one with you and he walks away and daryl's like wow but you know it's it's feral daryl wow like wow wow uh but like that that expression just like wow can you believe like looking at rosie can you believe this guy like this asshole boss it was pretty is a pretty nice vibe yeah boy when's the last time daryl had a boss <sighs> rick <laughs> sure sure i mean they call co- they covered with the brothers thing but there was uh-huh. a clear hierarchy and pecking order in that relationship for sure there's a pretty cool zombie kill rosita rips off a zombie's leg and just impales it with its own uh shattered bones i don't know you gotta love digging out a zombie's bones and using it against them like the, sure. the technique first part uh first uh, pioneered by by glenn mm-hmm uh, now, Classic. now Rosita wields wields the the bone sword. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. How, I don't know at the end of this episode how tame Daryl is willing to go. Like, I guess we saw that flash forward, which tells us that whatever they do succeeds at least in conscripting him into the army, uh, turning him into a trooper. But like, how on board is he with all this stuff? How how much have they tamed Feral Daryl? Yeah, like Daryl is very much a fuck the police kind of guy, it seems like, in the beginning, before the fall. And now mm-hmm. it's like, you know, show me a boot, I'll lick it. Uh, <laughs> I, that's that's where he's, that's the the, ra- the route he's heading down. Sure is. Spit shine express, speed and teamwork. He's going <laughs> to, he's, he's going to, going to learn how to efficiently lick a boot, lick a boot clean. All right, Judith is hanging out with a new friend. She doesn't have any money to buy records at Princess's record store because she doesn't have an allowance. So Judith's friend give her, gives her a record and Judith requests the receipt as well, which is definitely, you know, just a reminder, not a way to return that gift later. Oh, is that what she... I was wondering why she kept the receipt. Why does she want to return it for money? Probably, I... Yeah, or in so case I, it did sucked, you, I don't know. <laughs> I guess they've been here 30 days, but did you think it's weird that Judith had this reaction? Like, number one, she's never lived a life where she's had to think about money. Mm-hmm. And, like, why would she be embarrassed? Like, I'm thinking of, like, if I if I you take a nine-year-old out of, like, uh, a survival wood situation, you bring him into a county fair, and you have one of their friends taken in, and they're just like, hey, uh, you need tickets to do this, but you know what? I got you. I got all your tickets, and, you know, we're going to get to win some prizes. We're gonna... Does the nine-year-old ever be like, oh, I don't have the money, and I feel bad? Like, Probably I, I felt like that not. again. If they, they they got enough episodes, I felt like they could have slowly brought the like you know where like Judith has a, like the naive of uh, uh, feeling that everything's free, and she slowly realizes the difference between her friend that has a nice house and her and Daryl are stuck in Tenement Row. Uh, her friend that can buy th- versus Daryl, who like I, it's like she felt like she. Um, it's like a kid that watches one Saturday morning cartoon commercial and just wants to collect every GI Joe or something. She like instantly got the like, Oh God, we're poor. Poor is being bad. We can't be doing this. Uncle Daryl. Like I felt like a little, little fast to me. Yeah. I, I feel you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I get Rosita's reaction, right? Like the return, it does feel weird to return to money. Probably when you've been in this scenario for so oh, long. Oh God. Yeah. It'd I be don't, bizarre. I, I've never had the experience of like, cause you kind of get that on vacation a little bit, right? Where you're willing to spend whatever it takes to do the things you want to do to eat out every night. Sure. Money is no sure, object yeah. when you're on a nice yeah. vacation, but then yeah. get back to your real world and you got to go, ah, man, I can't, I can't go to the fancy restaurants tonight. It's not within the budget. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that experience. I've never had the experience of never having interacted with money or thought about money. So I don't know. I don't know. Judith has the reaction she Sounds has. Nice. This also seems like horse shit. The princess is like earned, like I guess, this kind of middle class life by being a record store employee. Where Daryl and Rosita are put through the ringer with like zombie boot camp. Yeah. Like 
maybe that's part of the inequality is like, why does everyone get like the same, does everyone get the same kind of like uh, income card? Is everyone paid? Like what, what, how, how, what is the going rate for a baker versus a security trooper versus, uh, I get the impression a a lady that runs the, the, the record store register, which is an amazing place for princess to land. Don't get me wrong. Totally. Like fits her. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know because Tyler later says something about they took away a spending card, um, which implies right. that not being a trooper means you don't get a spending card. Yeah, right. Like the troopers so are trooper like a, a step above, maybe like they're I like think so. it, it's grueling, but they get much better. I don't know. I I haven't got like I said the world you have to building. buy your own uniform though, right? Like mm. from the company store. <laughs> That's where they get you. Yeah. And guess what? It costs about a year's pay and it lasts yeah. for about 13 months. Yeah. So they really get you. They really get you. Who knows? We'll see more. All right. Carol sees Lance try to deliver Milton some subpar wine. And in that, she sees an opportunity to get into Milton's good graces. So she goes out and hunts down the best bottles of wine she can scavenge, almost getting eaten in the process. What did you think about Melissa McBride and her rolling around with a zombie on the floor? I kept on thinking when I was watching it, it seemed like she was a little phoning it in. Uh, you know, we had the the uh, the the one woman rats chasing scenes of last year. Like, mm-hmm. how do you get it up for this scene? Like, this is After how, how, like seasons. for the hundredth time she's rolling around with a guy in foam latex screaming. And for the 101st time, she's going to jam a screwdriver into his skull or something. And then oh, flop over, make this like how that these people have done the scene so many times. Yeah. Especially after you read the script and you realize Rosita gets the best kill in the episode. Right. Yeah. Like, well, I'm, I'm yeah, playing I second even... banana here. I, why? What's my motivation? Seriously, what it is it? It'd almost be more interesting for her to just walk into the wine store and just like, you know, leisurely pick out the best wine that she thinks that's going to bamboozle Better Call Saul Man. Sure. Uh, the, the fact that like they just like, oh, well, he gets, it's Walking Dead, have you a have zombie. To. You got to. You got to push yeah. over a whole rack of wine uh, and, and menace, menace Carol uh, with, with zombies or what is the show even? Right. And you kind of do. I mean, they're they're kind of trapped in that because I don't know that I want to watch a Walking Dead that is literally all Commonwealth political bullshit. Right. I need. I think there's a better version of the show where you would. But certainly. Yeah. But it's not this show. And again, and again, like, yeah, we already had the cool zombie kill of the week with Rosita. Like, don't make Carol. Don't make Carol roll on the floor with the guy in latex. Yeah. Or at least have the wine rack fall over on her. And she gets yeah. pinned underneath it and it's coming to eat her. And yeah, she, she uses the, <laughs> she breaks one of the bottles. She has to sacrifice the best bottle. Maybe it's the only get, one within get reach. Alpha. Have her break, have her, have her a psychotic break where alphas in the margins teasing her again. There like, you, you know, go. Just punch it up, punch it up. I just don't want to see her wrestling with the zombie extra. That's all. Yeah. Uh, Rosita catches up to Daryl who is going with Mercer and Milton's son to test out the newest weapons in town. And this kid predictably can't handle a walker. So Daryl saves him and the kid gets butt hurt and Milton sees all this. Pamela Milton sees all this. Uh, Mercer tries to talk Daryl into playing by the rules, which seems to have worked based on the flash forward. Yeah, he Daryl's taken to this game, this uh, this this cronyism stuff like a, a duck to water for some reason. I can't stand, and maybe this will be a, this the beginning of a, a great villain. I can't stand Pamela's son. Me too. The dandy. Yeah, he is manifesting such Alan Cummings playing Boris the hacker hacker from Goldeneye Energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is invincible. Uh, and he's so inept, like just seeing him pawing over all the heroes' weapons and Judith's sword oh, and yeah. Daryl's like, 
Get the fuck out of here with that. Making although you can clown Daryl for his medieval mace. I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> it's uh, a bad, bad weapon. He he bought that on the second annual King Ezekiel's Renaissance Fair, and he's trying to justify <laughs> the purchase ever since. <laughs> yeah. Uh the barter, because they don't know any money. He's traded three squash and four raccoon tails for that thing. And we've and, seen him uh, use it what one time? Like yeah. defending the hilltop or something against uh the yeah. Alpha. And he's been he carrying this 25 too. pound weapon in his backpack the entire his time. Backpack a holding, yeah, yeah. This, this is his version of doing squats. He just straps on that backpack with the mace in it, and he just walks around the woods. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Mercer's saying like, "Look, you got to learn how to set up others for success." And I'm not talking yeah. about just your teammates. I'm talking about the walkers the who wheels. are trying to eat Mercer's kid or Milton's kid. You got to set them up for success, Daryl. You do. You do. You got to, you got to pad their palms. You got to grease their wheels. Out. You got to do whatever you need to do. Yeah. Someone I, needs I, to help this kid out of like into a pine box. Exactly. I feel like Mercer wants this kid dead. On top of him. He just can't actively make it happen. He's got to let it happen <sighs> passively. We're going to set a goal. We're going to set a goal. This guy's dead by end of the season. End of, end of part two of, of uh, the, uh, the the season 11. Please. All right. Daryl brings Judith food and asks about her day while extremely loud music plays from the neighbors. Uh, Judith asks for an allowance and says she wants to stay in the Commonwealth. Yeah, so Daryl, they're living in the pride. I, I thought we were going to get a scene of Daryl like pounding on a door and like, do you mind turning off the goddamn noise? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the thing. It's like, well, the Commonwealth is like the super authoritative. Why are they letting? Is that suit their purposes that people that are in this on this basic substance are like just have hellish conditions? It's not like, well, it's no frills and maybe kind of run down, but it's clean and it's safe. To like, this is kind of actively menacing. You can't get a good night's sleep. And what's what's really crazy is that the kids prefer it to Alexandria. Right. I thought that was the thing where that like really shook Daryl. He's like, well, what do you think, kids? This is loud as fuck and the food's lousy and there's not a lot of it. Boy, when Alexandria gets fixed up, what do you think? And both RJ and Judith are like, nah, fuck, fuck Alexandria. We got records here. Yeah. We don't have record players yet, but we have records. <laughs> uh, and yeah. I can hear music. I can definitely hear it through the walls. My, my only guess here as to how this would make sense, uh, well, there are two. There's uh, there's the real one and there's the joke answer that I'm going to come up with. The joke is they're living on the bottom floor of the fancy flats and this is Milton's son <laughs> playing this music and so he's unfucking un- touchable. Uh, the the yeah. other real answer is probably they are stretched thin on guards, right? Like you can see that with Carol mm. just breaking into the hospital. Nobody's guarding the records mm. room. It's all fair game for anybody who can walk through the door and look like they're supposed to be there. Uh, I get the impression that a lot of troopers, A, they probably lose a lot of people in this basic training because yeah. they just throw them to the walkers and let them sink or swim. Um and yeah, it seems like most people are conscripted into the troopers who are out on missions and things, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't. I don't see a lot of troopers just kind of hanging around important locations in this place. Yeah, you might be onto something there. That there's just like they don't have enough to maintain the the peace. Yeah, not everywhere. They got their hands full dealing with the elites and keeping the zombies out of their, their business. Uh, I did think it was like a little touching that uh, Judith is like, oh, I want to stay here. Well, as long as mommy knows where to find us, because you see, like, that's like, yeah, I'll go back to Alexandria if mom won't know how to get here. But like, assuming we can put a note, be like, hey, mom, we're here. I, I thought that that's, that's cute that she's still she's still thinking of mom. Yeah. All right. Next up, Lance is fretting over his shitty wine. Uh, Carol delivers her bounty and requests that Zeke be moved up the line for surgery. And he, you know, says, well, we'll have to see how good the wine is. Some some Chateau de Chateau de Vome. I wonder if that's a real label, if that's something they created. Dad to create that for the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, Angela Kang probably has like a case of this in her wine cellar. And she's like, yeah. yes, this is my best wine. Let's put it in the show. Chateau Kang. Yes. <laughs> uh, I found it offensive just to its core. That Lance was surprised Carol could get out of the walls. Are you kidding me? 
Are you kidding? Yes. These people. It's Carol fucking Peltier, dude. Right. She probably dug a tunnel and hit it behind a trash can or whatever <laughs> they had in she Alexandria. Through your walls, around your walls, in your walls, under your walls. <laughs> she is your walls. You don't I even know it your yet. Walls. Yeah. <laughs> so that should have been her response. Yeah. I am the walls. <laughs> there, there is there is no wall i don't know like a matrix kind of thing yeah i am the wall that jack nicholson stood on that you couldn't handle the truth of oh boy all right prison tats who we've not talked about yet who has not shown up in this episode yet serves wine at Been the, a while since we've seen pre, since we've seen prison tats yeah totally uh she's serving wine at pamela's fancy party uh, Yumiko's brother is getting absolutely smashed. Princess flirts with Mercer, who's looking fine in his new suit, and he invites her to join him in the party. Is it just me or his princess? First of all, this is a post-apocalyptic world building. Who is the thronging masses of people cheering the elite, the like the the people showing up at this party? Like Mercer, I guess maybe he's a celebrity and that he's like their head security guy and and Pamela because she's their leader. But like this is a weird class of like lawyers and doctors who are showing up and they're getting a celeb. Like I got the idea that maybe yeah. these people's uh, like the job was to be paparazzi to reenact the importance these people felt in their old life. Like there's wow. not actually a national inquirer. There's not a newspaper that's like doing full color press. Like who, who, yeah. What the hell is all this? Boy, that's another level of like vanity, huh? <laughs> you it's would just theater. employ people to do that. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, what is this? Like, I understand why hmm. it works now because you got TMZ and everybody else, but right. like, what the fuck? Um, that I thought that was really weird. And secondly, does it seem like Princess is is pumping the brakes on the crazy now that they're wanting totally. her to be like a romantic entrance for Mercer? And I don't know if I'm cool with that because. Now she's had a month or two of like not being by herself and she's getting used to people. Maybe she wasn't that neurotic. It's just that she had been isolated for so long yeah. and she's getting, or are there more of like, well, there's no way the Mercer would be attracted to someone this nutty. So we're going to have, we're going to, we're, we're going to take the, the crazy throttle and, and lower it to about a two. Uh, yeah. Got to say I'm disappointed in her attire. Like maybe she doesn't have the spending card to go down to the. So, okay. Can you explain to me what was wrong? Cause they're shop. like, what, what's what's wrong with her outfit? She's did they have a dress code? She's wearing a literal dress. She's got a princess yeah. tiara. Is that the problem? No, no. The problem is she's not expressing herself. <laughs> Doesn't she want the oh, flair that she had before? Oh, I see. Like princess see. has a bombastic style to right. her, and this is not right. it. So no, what that's the hell what I, Did I they it... requisition her clothes for other for the fancy socialites? Like what? I don't know because that's weird. It's like for Halloween, she dressed like a normal person who has a tiara on. <laughs> that's it. And that's it. Like, because this guy's like, sir, there's a dress code. Like, have you seen this girl roll up like Tank Girl? Mm-hmm. Like, like Tank Girl and Harley Quinn had a baby. Uh, <laughs> did she like she's wearing a dress? It's a dress yeah. code. I think she cracked it. It's not fancy enough, man. Uh, the other Daryl's the bouncer. That's cool. Daryl and Rosita are like the bouncers, and they got their little like I don't know, fucking Commonwealth Eagle patch, sure. their law enforcement patch. What about Prison Tat's personality? Said server at fancy party to you, dude? Because she's just as likely to go full Tyler and pull a knife on somebody and start shivving. More, more, <laughs> more likely. <laughs> yeah, Nothing she's, about she's her cool. says. Server. Yeah, she stole half of Hilltop's food medical supplies. And we're going to peace out over like a minor disagreement. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, God, I fully agree. That's the thing. It's like I fully agree with a lot of things being a spouse and like her not wanting to narc on her friends. Like, I think that's great. But like, she does it at the most obnoxious way possible. What do you What do you mean? Refresh my memory. Just her her whole her whole demeanor hmm. is like. I don't know. Like to me, it's adversarial always. Yes. All the time. And she's always defiant. No matter how many times she's been wrong, no matter how many times she's got her comeuppance and like where it's starting up again, again, she's right this time to not participate in all the things going on. But like, I don't know. It'd been more interesting. I think if she'd be like, you know what? I got a fresh start. 
I'm not going to do all the bullshit that lead, lend me in jail the last time. I'm going to be like kind of like a straight air, maybe not snitch, but maybe not. And she's instantly kind of getting like she's clearly going to be leading the revolution in two or three episodes is what I think. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see where they placed you, Miko. Um, she's got to be like in some kind of legal department or she's in the state department. That's like when like she was getting drafted. Like, I, don't, I mean, they haven't like, yeah, but what is the eyes and cross the T's? What does I that entail in this she, society? Like, that's a good question. What's her day to day. I don't know. I wonder if she vets people that are like, you know, coming inside or could be. Cause yeah. What is a state department? Like what other, do you have relationships with other factions that you have to have like diplomacy for? Maybe, maybe if Alexandria hadn't gotten blown up, by, yeah, uh, people that watch the the world of the Walking Dead and all the other the World Wide Web of the Walking Dead, they say that there's true. other you know like the AB faction is another big player out there, and the you know some of the fear in the world of they've they've got these. So maybe there is a State Department you need to do contact these other larger organizations and keep your turfs straight and your trade deals recognized. Could be. All right, Mercer is not super impressed by the wine or by Connie. Uh, who asks her about the celebrations and the class divide with the Commonwealth. Uh, Mercer introduces her to last year's lottery winner, Carrie. And then Tyler, the guy who used to be a trooper now, is serving food at the party. Pamela goes up on stage and unveils a, a painting of her father. To to applause? I uh, can, can I just say, like, even if I were born into money, I'm not sure I could handle this bullshit yeah i don't know that i'm built for this like i'm not gonna applaud the painting that you had done of your stupid father who no one ever especially met since he's it's dead. it's aggressively okay right this is like ezekiel handing me the leash to his tiger and saying and i'm a nine-year-old <laughs> who's never met the tiger and it's expecting me to applaud and thank him and bow down yeah yeah honor her memory <laughs> that you don't have children Anyway, the server calls bullshit. He takes a hostage so he can talk about how he got busted down for being a trooper to a server, the class divide, all that. And he runs out of the room, and Milton's son demands that they go after him, so Mercer sticks his guys on him. The thing is, is like, to me, this part of the episode forward is written by people who have for many years and decades been going to fancy cocktail parties mm-hmm. and are trying to remember a time when they were that security trooper that was busted down to a waiter and like, uh, did, 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 have I ever felt that, you know, have I like, it's like, I, this, this just doesn't, it feels, it feels out of touch from any actual struggle. And it's fine when you're struggling against zombies, but when you're struggling against like capitalism and a class system, yeah, there's probably more authentic voices that you could crib from. I don't know. This has felt like really, it's, yeah, I mean, the the one slight here that this kid has felt apparently is being busted down for getting his ass kicked, like rightfully busted down, right? He got his ass 30 days ago, by to the him. way. 30 days ago, by the way. <laughs> right, so, so like, he's been suffering like, for all of a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the Pamela's forgotten his name and what was it all for? And the, I went from licking boots to uh, serving uh, uh, hors d'oeuvres. Like, it's it feels... I don't know. Like last season, uh, part of the season, they they flirted with like people being snatched off the street and being put through yeah. processing and like all these side. Like there's even even what from what we've seen, there's there's better examples of showing like the. I, I don't know. They're like both doing too much and also slow rolling out the class conflict that's going on in in uh, the Commonwealth, and nothing feels like I said terribly authentic. You know, yeah, I feel you. Um, it might be shortcutted because they might need to speed through some of this stuff to get yeah, to other and that's things. That's fine because in cause a shortening season, but yeah, because I definitely get what they're laying down. So sure. in a few episodes, I'll know. Oh yeah, right, Commonwealth, terrible class divide, no equality. Yeah. Daryl follows Tyler into the haunted house and talks him out of killing himself for the sake of his family, and then takes him in. I guess uh, he puts cuffs on him or at least he's going to, but Milton's kid shows up and Daryl lets him act like he's the one who caught Tyler, which I think is a shrewd move by Daryl. Good job, Daryl. It is an, it's a very non Daryl move though. Totally. Um, yeah. And I think this comes about because of what Mercer said to him earlier, you know, when he, he killed the zombie and for that kid and he's like, nah, you gotta, 
you got to treat this kid with kid gloves because he's a kid. <laughs> Do we know? So like we we had the whole controversy last year of Stephanie and decoy Stephanie and decoy Stephanie has got a prominent place by Pamela's side. Um, we found out her name is Max, right? And this like it, it's a very weird way. Like she's, you know, like uh, the disgruntled ex trooper has uh, got a steak knife to her throat and um, she's like, I'm just like you. I'm just like you. And Angela looks at him and it's like, her name is Max. And like, what's like, this guy's like so hopeless that once he knew the girl, the girl's name or had a little bit of empathy, he couldn't, couldn't go through with steak knife in her. I, yeah, I don't know. And again, like you <laughs> okay. said, this guy's like his whole thing is I made one mistake. Mm-hmm. You didn't like forget to turn your keys in at the end of the shift. You didn't show up five minutes late. You let a prisoner beat you up and take your shit and get away. Yeah. That's <laughs> not like serious. one mis- You know, like sometimes in your in your company manual, they're like, well, if you're late three times in a 90-day period, you can have documentation. Done. And there's some stuff like if you punch a person, you're fucking gone. Yeah. I feel like letting someone beat you up and take your weapon and, and escape <laughs> is one of those kind of like, yeah, you're going on the shit list instantly. No, yeah. no pass and go, no collecting $200. No, I think it was definitely warranted. Uh at least removing him from his position and maybe putting him through some more training first. Cause yeah, I don't know, but they bust him down to server. Yeah. Uh, this is the scene where I felt like maybe Milton wasn't as intentionally evil as she seems because she's talking about like, are there thousands more? And she might seriously not understand that there's a class divide happening, but man, look around you lady, read the room you're in. You, you have a class divide happening before your very eyes with your servers yeah. and your party guests. And they, they and maybe especially she with the, the fucking lottery. Like, How could you not know? OK, dude, no, she knows. Yeah, because that's things that we celebrate. Every person who contributes to our vital economy. Look at our lottery winner that we like. OK, well, how many how many people win? What's the do you, do you, do you not the, understand the, that the you very, win? The, what does that even mean? Like, and it, the, the concept that you have to have a lottery to pull people out of the shit conditions they're in and yeah. expose them to your fancy version of life is not proof enough that there is a problem here. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's a dumber version of the conundrum of Earth people on basic in the expanse. You know, are they yeah. take are they lazy takers? They don't have to worry about it. Are they, are they the people that are squabbling for nothing and they get taken? Away? Yeah, but uh, we're not going to get any of that depth in Shades of Grey on this show. Sure. All right. Carol gets news that the wine went over well, but there's more she needs to do. Uh, and Mercer sends Rosita to ask Prison Tats if she knows about Tyler. Prison Tats guilt trips are about being a trooper recruit and then runs away. I don't know what Rosita, what version of prison tats that Rosita thought she's going to talk to like the whole, like, Oh, you're not going to narc and you're not going to say anything. Like the way Rosita is like, I can't believe like, you know, this woman, right? Um, but I don't know. It's like, it's like this, this um, in 30 days, this corrosive environment is like splitting this group up. Like maybe, Commonwealth doesn't so much as assimilate people as it isolates them and pits them against like their natural allies over stupid arbitrary divisions. Like I, there is kind of some interesting things they're doing here. It's just that gets buried from like all the really obvious stuff that they're doing. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel what they're putting down here because look, everybody's life has day-to-day bullshit that can only happen in modern society and if you were cast out into the woods you wouldn't have to worry about any of that stuff and it would be such a relief right right and it comes with the trade-off of well now you have to figure out how to feed and clothe and protect yourself from the elements and nature and uh other people and all that stuff like with freedom comes cost right it's they are telling that story and i don't think they're telling it terribly i've certainly seen worse examples of it but Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are they ultimately going to say about it? I guess is the question. Are, are, are Alexandrians going to be going to make the choice to yes live in the Commonwealth and trade, you know, modern conveniences and squabbles for security, or are they going to go back to Alexandria? It's going to get more interesting, I think. I hope when Maggie yeah. and her team come back into the picture uh, with mm-hmm. that flash forward we saw, right, where they want to live that life. Why be, are they not being yeah. allowed to live that life? You know. 
Yeah, and there's also the whole like you know ominous Pamela has questions about the Alexandria project, and uh, you know better uh, post-apocalyptic Better Call Saul guys got notes and some plans, and she's got some questions and thoughts, and I do think that they're like Maggie's just going to be produced like it's like she's just going to be a straight up libertarian, you know? Sure. Like they're just like they're they're going to have like the dumbest possible version of like a local. <laughs> college democratic socialist of America, uh, uh, recruiting office. They're going to have the dumbest possible version of like, you know, uh, a libertarian society. And mm-hmm. then they're going to have, you know, Commonwealth is a critique of 21st century America for sure. And, uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see, see how it goes, but there's like, a, mm-hmm. there's some calls that all those that like, you know, this place is like a city from before. It's that Rosita says, and then Magna shoots back. Yeah. And look what side you're, fighting on and it's like i don't know like was this show's thesis that everyone should just move out and get an agrarian farm or is there like something that's literally not possible but yeah or or can you scale something with the eagle talent the 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 egality equality and fraternity of like a of of alexandria can you scale that up to a a modern city I, Um, i think those are questions we can only answer in the fullness of time or the fullness of season 11 right um, yeah, how many seasons do you need to explore these interesting concepts, man? You've had eleven, and we're just getting the the, the dumb version of it. Yeah, you save it for the final season, and then you just bullet train through it, I guess. Yeah, that's the uh, the Carol and Daryl spinoff is going to be the utopian synthesis of all the different post apocalyptic yes. civilizations. That's what I'm looking forward to. Oh yeah, plus motorcycles. All right, Carol brings wine to Zeke, and they talk about Henry. He gives her a box of his stuff. What's in this box? Do you remember what, what the significance of this box is? Because, boy, it's been a while. I think he just made this as, like, a handmade project. And uh, it's like, you know, I don't think – or maybe it's got stuff that, like, uh, like little mementos or keepsakes in it. I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> in my in – my, the way they play it, like, neither one of them want it. I'm like, in my head canon, <laughs> this is just a really ugly, poorly made box. That Henry Henry kept his turds in his what his what his turds in his turds it stinks because the plumbing was broken in kingdom no just like you know some people do weird shit you know like uh, like fingernail clippings in a jar or something yeah yeah like Howard Hughes stored urine in in glass jars and and wore clean like Henry he's a he's a nice guy he had a good heart he just. Every once in a while, I had a turd he had to save, and this was his turd box. And, <laughs> and, and Carol was like, "Well, th- no, I don't. I really don't want it, Zeke. No, I want you to have it. No, you need to keep the mint. No, like, yeah, they, no one wants this turd box. Jeez, hmm. my my mind did not go there, but all right, sure. He's just he's just this is this weird. Is this some weird nice guy just keeps a turd box? You know, like you, you read on Reddit sometimes, or like 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 uh, who's that guy Dan Dan from Giant Bomb who had a who had a what was oh, it the, like a burrito like one, plate? Yeah, or he just a hot dog plate. Hot dog He's plate, the same, yeah. just like he never washed it, never changed it. It was a paper plate, just this uh-huh. microwave, three hundred hot dogs a year on it. Yeah, for like, his full time in college for like four years. Yeah, yeah, like and that's that's a normal guy who earns uh-huh. the money. He's got a family now. Like like some people just do weird shit, and Henry's got a turd box. <laughs> right. I mean, what I took away from this scene is that Zeke knows he's dying and he's giving away his possessions. He's, mm. he's making peace with his time coming to an end. I think that's what they're really getting at, not the turd box proclivities of their young son who died too early. <laughs> I like, because I think it's, they also say it's a toast of fresh starts because I think they are going to try to have some version of their relationship again, right? And he, because he's, uh-huh. they've already fallen into this couple stuff, like teasing her about getting a big glass for her bottle, her mom-sized glass of wine. And well, I don't know, because they're I don't... curled up on the couch together. Does and she she's think he has more time? Him. No, but I think he wants to make the most of it. And Carol okay. is wanting to save him and kind of couple up. So yeah. that's my read on the situation, though. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I think there's something redeveloping here, certainly. I could see it. Uh, we go to day 33 in the Commonwealth and Daryl tries on his trooper uniform. Judith tries on a dress. Neither of them seem particularly comfortable in either of them, but they're managing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also bought her a record player and Judith plays Motorhead, Eat the Rich, while Rosita goes on a mission to track down the resistance. 
and she raids like the back room of a hot topic. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just they're silk screening a whole bunch lamps. of uh, Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking yeah. of Spencer. Never mind. That was my generation's uh, hot topic. Yeah, but they're, they're like, you know, like a whole bunch of uh, Shea Guerrera mm-hmm. uh, t shirt, kind of like, you know, like you can a, also very get a baby, safe, a baby Yoda Grogu stamp yeah. if you want it. Yeah. Yeah, very, very, very safe, edgy political slogans and posters, and and uh, yeah, it looked as, like as someone's kid. room from Life is Strange. It looked like Max's room. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> from Life yeah. is Strange, totally. Yeah, and uh, there's there's dozens of them. Pamela's mm-hmm. should be afraid. There's there's people gonna they're gonna bring the whole world down. They're gonna insist on equality, and it's going to. It's uh, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see what other. Also, like, is this the other thing that's that's about this particular analysis I would say is it's also very one dimensional. Like it's just class. There's no, as far mm-hmm. as I can tell sexual or gender or racial dynamics at play. It's just right. the haves and haves nots. And like, boy, that is another way that you can really kind of fuck up your worldview because if you ignore that other stuff and how they all intersect, uh, you, you're, you're going to come across as like tone deaf to somebody. And I, I feel like, oh, that's, sure. I don't know. I'm uh I mean I wish Yeah, I I'm I'm dreading I'm dreading the uh the uh the commentary that we're gonna be getting <laughs> this season, unfortunately. I wish it were that simple in our actual real world. That yeah, we, that we, we could just fight one uh, thing at a time. Right. Narrow the scope down to a single issue and everybody would get on one side or another and we would understand where everybody stands and shit, they would understand where they stand on it on an issue, but Yeah. It's far more. But that's complex the thing. It's like that. if if you if you can't have because that's the thing. It's like how are they going to? They're trying to tell these stories of like people being split by arbitrary lines and clap, but like they only have the one dimension of like money, whether you got it or not. That like they don't have yeah. like the reason that these a lot of these uh, one of the big reasons a lot of these conditions persist is because uh, you know you you've got the the wealthy elites being propped up by some of the poorest people for like ideological reasons or because yeah. you know the the wealthy elites are saying hey uh these other people are taking your money these other less than people these other and those other people are usually divided along you know well here the other people are like outside of the commonwealth right like they're the walkers a because like security is a big banner that you can fly That's, yeah to prop yourself yeah. up and then you know the the that extends to other humans in this world too well, that, that so it gets you the us versus them engine, which is uh, which is important for an author- authoritarian regime to keep going too. But they also need the um, they also need the like us against us. Like instead of unifying, you know, like all the people who are not you know paid and are scrapping and don't have enough and are dying because they can't surgery, instead of them yeah. all taking common cause, what separates those into factions? If it's not region or nationality or race or gen, like what is the thing that, that keeps them from unifying together and being like, well, this is just bullshit. There's a hell of a lot more of us than there are of you. Um, Is it the lottery? Is it that simple? Is it just like everybody thinks they have the opportunity to cross the gap between classes? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the carrot that's, and it's, it's like I said, it's pretty, pretty one dimensional and flat, but uh, we'll see if they can make it interesting. They might, they might flush it out. Um, But that's it. That's the end of the episode. That's all we got. All right. We uh, don't have feedback. Uh, what we, we're going to see how much feedback we get this week. And if it's enough to justify a standalone feedback episode, then we'll have that out midweek. If not, we'll consider all the feedback on next week's episode, episode three of The Walking Dead. Uh, we will see. We'll see which way the uh, the politics, uh, the political situation, the economic situation shambles forward next week uh, on the next one. Until then... Uh, oh, by the way, yeah, Walking Dead is uh, yeah. where you want to send that email. Uh, Walking Dead at baldmove.com. If you got feedback, we'll consider it. Uh, we'll see you on the next week's episode. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you, everybody. Bye.